Welcome to this week's podcast. My guest on Facing the Canon is Thea Muir, illustrator, author, creative communicator. Thea Muir, welcome to Facing the Canon. Thank you. It's very good to be here. I'm delighted that you are. Tell us about your family. Oh, so I'm married to an awesome man called Dom, who's very tall and very handsome. And I've got a two-year-old son called Redemption and a seven-month-old girl called Esther. Great names. Go on, tell us what made you choose Redemption? We were obviously on that search for what is this child's name and we were really praying, God, what are you calling this boy? We want to be naming him in line with what you're saying because we believe that what we speak over our children is so powerful. I'm So Many Things is all about the power of our words and the power of a name is huge. And so we were praying, praying, praying. Um, I saw the color red once when I was praying and Dom later suggested the name Redemption because we thought about meanings. We obviously choose meanings. And I think in African culture, they're so good at actually just saying the meaning out loud. Whereas often with English names, we choose a name that means something in another language. So we said, what about just saying the actual meaning? Redemption was a meaning that is key for both of us and central to the gospel. And the next morning after we'd suggested that name, we had both prayed individually, Lord, please confirm the name. And we were worshipping together. And two songs came on with the word redemption in. One was literally, you are redemption. And we both just looked at each other. Yes. And went, that's it. And it also been two prophetic words over his life and bringing redemption. Wow. So it felt quite clear with that one. So there's a godly destiny there. There really is. Now, you grew up in a Christian home. Yes. And four other siblings. Four other siblings, two brothers, two sisters, and I was right in the middle. In the middle. People said only child syndrome. I said centre of attention. Yes. (laughs) But then went off to university. Yeah. Now, during that time, you battled with eating disorders. Tell us about that. Yeah, I went off to university. I'd grown up in church, had a really good experience of church, incredible youth leaders. I was really blessed and nurtured during those teenage years. And as I went off to uni, it was that continued search for identity. Who do I want to be? And my identity had been rooted in being good Christian girl, life and soul of the party, and blonde and skinny. I really placed... Those were some of the things that I thought defined me and that people liked me for. And I had really wanted to do modeling. I thought that was going to give me significance in the world. I thought if my face is on a billboard, my siblings will not be able to put me down and all the boys will fancy me and I'll earn loads of money. So I will be sorted. I won't be insecure about anything then. And so that was one thing that I'd placed hope in, which made my kind of relationship with food go a bit wonky yes Um, and that yeah that grew and grew during um university years and as i came out of uni i realized i was in the grips of a debilitating eating disorder restricting food overeating food crazy exercise just total control and life had kind of got smaller whereas thinking of food or eating or trying to burn it all off doing loads of exercise and it was but chaos. you admitted it to yourself because often yeah. part of the problem with most people is is not admitting it whether it's alcohol or eating mm. disorders 
but you realised that you had a problem. I think I did. My parents are amazing. They have worked with addiction for a lot of their lives. So hearing those stories was quite commonplace at home. And also it then wasn't shameful really for me to say to mum and dad, I need help. So that helped speed up that process because it was safe to say, ah, I'm in a mess. And then how did you get the help that you needed? From all fronts, really. Mum and dad encouraged me to do the 12 step programs so like Alcoholics Anonymous, but for eating disorders. And I also did a church based kind of recovery program. And I had one on one therapy. It was a all angles operation. And each bit played its part. The 12 step was incredible for breaking off some of the shame. You go into these situations where everyone's telling yes. their deepest, darkest secrets. and You're like, oh, I'm not the only one. And sin festers in the darkness and shame festers in the hiddenness. And I was trapped in so much despair and self-loathing. I was a good Christian girl. That was who I had been and part of my identity was in. So suddenly I was there wanting to do the right thing and not being able to do the right thing. And that was very shameful. And so bringing my deepest, darkest secrets into the light and being met with acceptance and ultimately learning God's forgiveness through that was revolutionary. And how long ago was that? That was a good seven, eight years ago that process started. What would you say to any of our viewers who are battling with eating disorders? What would your advice and counsel be to them? Mm. Primarily to lift it up to the Lord acknowledge it before him because it, acknowledging that you've got a problem is 90% of the battle. And from that place saying, Father, please help and give me the willingness to let go of this thing because an eating disorder is usually a way of coping with life. For me, it was a way of coping with life that was scary and emotions that were terrifying. I didn't know how to do life without it, but the Lord has showed me how to do life with him and leaning on him in those moments rather than leaning on food. So it's a journey and a process, but it's just letting him in to that place and coming back to him time and time again when you muck up or feel like you're failing. Yes. Because shame makes you want to separate off from God, hide yourself and only come back when you feel yeah. clean. And that's a lie because he says, come in your mess, in your brokenness, come and I will clean you up rather than the religious spirit, which says only come when you're clean and good enough. And I spent a lot of time running from God in my brokenness because I didn't feel worthy. And I'd only come to him when I felt good enough and prayed up enough and clean enough. And I think the real freedom comes when you learn your righteousness in Christ, regardless of your performance. Absolutely. That breaks the, breaks the power of sin. And God can take the mess and create a very good positive message oh, as well. And he turns the mess into a masterpiece. He does. Yeah. Now you're a very creative person. How would you describe what it is that you do now? So I'm So Many Things is a movement about true identity, joyfully setting people free. So it is using illustrations and biblically based declarations. And when so. did you come up with that particular phrase? Uh, I think 
pretty close to the beginning, so a good four years ago, but it's, yes. it's a work in progress, I guess. <laughs> but that has always been the core of it, is seeing people set free, having our minds renewed, being transformed by the renewing of our minds. And I'm So Many Things does that in quite a light, playful way by nature of these illustrations that I'd originally done in my journal that then became the cornerstone of I'm So Many Things. And they were just doodles. They were in my private journal. They weren't meant to be seen. And so there's a lightness and a simplicity to them that seems to touch all ages and help people unpack these hefty biblical truths. So I am so many things. Was that like a, a, a revelation to yourself initially? Yes. So when I was in the recovery process, a mentor at the time said, I want you to say three truths in the mirror. She wasn't a Christian. And she said, you choose whatever those truths are. So I chose I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, which I had known growing up yes. from Psalm 139. It had always been one of my favorite Psalms. So I said, I'll choose that. I have a beautiful and healthy body and I'm enough just as I am. So they were three key truths that battled that contradicted my kind of biggest battles of not being enough and having to perform and fighting my body. And you declared those every morning. I did, in the mirror. In the mirror. So awkward at first. Painful, makes you want to squirm. It's cringe-worthy. And I didn't really notice that anything was happening. But there were a couple of times where I was in situations and the truths came back into my memory and shifted how I behaved. Yes. I was on my way to go into a party, which is usual, my, usually my kind of trigger point for put on all the masks, get the theatre going. And God reminded me, you're enough just as you are. Yes. And it, it just took all the pressure off. Yeah. It deflated this need to be something and earn my space and be good enough to be loved and worthy. And interestingly, that also took the compulsion out of my eating. I didn't kind of binge eat or overeat at that party. Whereas in the past, that would have been my way. Yeah. Like people would drink or take drugs to, to fuel the, the show. Yes. I didn't need to do that. And so I became aware suddenly of the power of my thought life and what I was speaking over myself and began to look for more and more truths through the Bible of who God says we are, because I was really attuned to the power of our, our words. So again, just reinforce those three declarations that you said. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Yes. I'm enough just as I am. And I have a beautiful and healthy body. Yeah. So, so that the, was the third one, um, obviously many uh, people, many of us don't feel that. Yeah. But you just declared it. Yes. And I didn't even always feel it. I would look in the mirror and I wanted my tummy to be flatter and my thighs to be thinner and eyes to be totally symmetrical. But there was one day when I was about to go off on a huge run, trying to burn off everything I've ever eaten. And God reminded me, I have a beautiful and healthy body. And again, it did that same, I don't need to go and punish myself with grueling exercise. No. I don't need to punish myself with binge eating. Actually, my body is beautiful just as it is. And so it was, it was, I was being transformed by the renewing of my mind, purposefully planting truths displaced the lie and shifted my behavior. That was several years ago. Yes. Um, do you find that you still have to, you battle even today? 
and have you guarded yourself? How do you guard yourself from uh, a vulnerability that's yeah. there? Praise the Lord. I do not battle anymore with what my body looks like. I love my body and I think it's awesome. And also having children, you kind of see your body in a different light. Yes. You're like, whoa, this is an awesome creation to do a very intentional job. Yes. And so some of that vanity where I would spend days and hours and months focusing on working on my body for it to look like something. Yes. Is, is not so relevant anymore. So um, the only thing that will still be a temptation is using food as a comfort eating. So stressed, tired, angry, hungry, blah, blah, blah fill in the gap, whatever the emotion is, that can be where there's still a temptation to put something yeah. in and my that, mouth. That would be true, Thea, for all of us, wouldn't it? Yeah. You know? And for some people, that just feels normal. For some people, it gets out of hand and becomes an addiction. For some people, it's an addiction that they don't realise. I think in the church as well, it can be one of the most kind of acceptable sins insofar as there's food everywhere and we don't really talk about if that's bordering into greed or addiction or... I don't know, it's a big topic, but I have had to retrain noticing, is that a spiritual hunger that's going on inside or is it a physical hunger? Yes. And when I'm noticing a lack of peace or, yeah, when I've lost my peace, it's learning to go, okay, Jesus, come, I need you right now and taking a moment to reconnect with him or go and journal something or whatever needs Absolutely. to happen rather than shoving food to fill the gap. Now, you um, and um, your husband, you've produced some incredible resources. Thank you. I mean, really uh, beautiful um, quality, very gifty uh, looking mm. books. Um, tell us about this one, Thea. So that is the original. That is the I Am So Many Things original journal. On the topic of when you said they feel lovely quality, that is something we chose from the beginning. Yes. Because it's prophetic about our identity as children of the king. We wanted these books to impart royalty yes. as people receive them, that it's not something you just shove and trash and forget about. No, this is something you treasure because we are treasured and yes. we are worth having a good book. And so it, it and you'll see all of the illustrations inside yes. have little crowns on because that is one of the cornerstones of our identity, the children of the king. Yes. So that is where I'm so many things started. This is basically a and printed this is you. form. You, this so is me. So you just you like jotting, yeah, and yeah. creating and trying to express basically biblical truth. Yeah, I said, Lord, you're going to have to give me a new identity. I don't know who I am. If I let go of this restrictive eating, who am I? Because I thought maybe I'll become obese, and therefore who am I? Because Thea has always been skinny. That was my identity. Yes. I said, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to become a beast if needs be because I need freedom and I'm not free at the moment. So I said, Lord, I let go of that part of my identity, but you're going to have to give me a new identity because I don't know who I am. Yes. And he started showing me truth after truth after truth. And I wrote them down originally in my iPad and I'd be speaking them, speaking them over myself each day. And the list got to about 50 and it was keeping on growing. And just after Dom and I got married, we went to South Africa. Yes. And he had done ministry tips there before. And so we were invited to speak in some different places. And there were two women's gatherings. And he said, Thea, I think you should speak here. I said, what am I going to speak about? And I felt God say, just read that list of declarations. 
And so I encouraged everyone to close their eyes and just open up their heart. And I read through these declarations one after one. And I said, notice which ones get stuck in your throat and notice which ones are actually easier to receive. And let's ask the Holy Spirit into that process. And afterwards, people said, oh, can you send me that list? That was really powerful. And there were tears and there was heart transformation happening. And so when I was out in South Africa, I bought a yellow hardback sketchbook and I just began to write out the declarations and then illustrate them on the other page. And it was on the plane on the way home that Dom said, can I see what you've been doing? And so I gave it to him and he was really blessed by it and said, yeah, I really want a copy of this. Yes. And so we yeah, started dream himself. for himself. Yeah, he wanted it. And so we thought, well, maybe we should print this and then some friends can have it. And then we thought, well, if we're going to print it, we need to print it really well so that it imparts excellence and royalty. We thought, well, maybe we should also make some mugs so that as you're drinking, yes. you see the truth right there. And Dom really loved his morning cup of tea, his quiet time yeah. tea, and it had to be in the right size vessel. So we spent a long time finding the right size vessel. And we first released it as that book and five fine bone china mugs. And since yes. then, the range has, has grown and grown. But it's all things just to interrupt our day with reminders of who God says we are and how yes. he sees us. Yes. Because that changes everything. Our behavior comes out of the overflow of our internal world and what we're believing. So why, why do you think, Thea, we struggle with understanding how God sees us? Because if God is love, which he is, and God loves us, mm. why do we have such trouble understanding and experiencing this? Pride. Is it? I think, I think a lot of it boils down to pride. The flip side of pride is low self-esteem. But all of that is based in self-focus, whether it's an inflated arrogance or a I'm rubbish. It's about looking at ourselves primarily. And that can make us feel unworthy to receive God's love, unworthy to receive how awesomely he sees us and how awesome he's made us to be, unworthy to raise the dead, heal the sick, cast out demons, cleanse the lepers. I can't do that. Look at me. Who am I to do that? I'm not worthy. I smoked yesterday. I binge eaten, yes. I've slept with my girlfriend, blah, blah, blah. You know, all of, all of this sin can make us feel separate from God, from God and not good enough. And when we actually receive our righteousness in Christ and realize that it's not in our own strength, but it's this free gift of Jesus, it becomes a lot easier to receive his love and the truth about who he says we are because it's not a matter of earning it or not. Sure. It makes huge sense. But we 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 need to kind of take hold of that. And what yeah. I like about it is you, you you know, you've got this I am so many things and you're trying to just keep hammering that and yeah. hammering it and hammering it for people yeah. uh, in different ways. Tell us about this. What was it, what did you do with this? That's the coloring book and it's got about 20 declarations. Yes. That we um that I developed into kind of bigger pictures that were fun yeah. to color in. So especially good for children. But children of all ages, because adult mindful colouring is very popular at the moment too, but they're fuller images where you can really take time to digest the declaration and ponder the declaration as you're colouring. I've loved doing that. During lockdown, I did a lot of colouring in and I filmed a little colouring in course for kids. So I'd look at each declaration, do a colouring and then unpack. 
what it meant. Uh, well, what do you think children, what are the kind of declarations that they, they need growing up? Oh, I think the whole area of even speaking truth over children is key and that is a huge passion of mine within I'm So Many Things is for children to grow up in truth and for families to be equipped with truths to speak over each other because our words are so powerful and so easily we can tag people with condemning words and yes. horrible labels that fly around our heads and our hearts the rest of our life if we're not careful. I know and many of us at Thea, um, we have had very negative words yes. spoken to us or over us, you know, even words such as, I wish you'd never been born. Mm. I mean, that is very destructive, isn't it? It's horrendous. And that's going back to your question of why do we find it difficult to receive? And I said pride, that's one facet of it, is thinking we're not worthy of this love. But other facets are the tapes that have been spoken over us yes. by the world, the tapes that have been spoken over us at such tender ages by friends, school teachers, parents, and the devil, you know, our, our battle is against the world, the flesh and the devil. And yes. all of those are firing messages at us that are opposite to what the Lord is saying. So we are in a battle over our thought life where we need to take these thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ and be transformed. You asked truths that are key for children. Yes. I think the foundational ones are about how who he's created us to be. I'm God's very good idea. He thought me up. I'm God's masterpiece. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I am a child of God. I'm made in the image of God. I'm hidden under the shadow of God's wings. I'm not alone. I'm unique. Some of those are the foundational ones because there are some truths that are applicable whether or not you believe in God. And then there are some truths that are only applicable once we receive Jesus as our saviour. But for children, there are many of those foundational truths which they can be soaked in whether or not. And do you declare them over your own children? Yes. How, how often do you do that? I think very often, especially yeah. when there are behaviour issues coming up. If redemption is kicking off or being difficult, I love saying, redemption, you are such a blessing. Just yes. holding him and speaking the opposite, because that is the truth. The Lord says that children are a blessing and a reward, and it doesn't always feel like it. But it's so helpful to remind so even, myself. Even when your children are disobedient, oh yeah, you, you proclaim a blessing yes. over them. Yes. So you do the opposite of yeah. what we would naturally want to do. Yeah, and my flesh wants to do the opposite and get annoyed and potentially say something unkind. But I am very aware of the power of our words, so that is when I try and choose to speak in the opposite spirit. And often it's the same with all of us when we're most manifesting ugly sides. It's yes. often when we are not knowing the truth about who we are, we're feeling unloved, we're feeling unworthy, and we're thrashing out in an ugly way. And actually we just need to be reminded of who we are. So how do the children react when you do that? Well, Esther's only six months, so she doesn't have many reactions. And redemption, I think he calms down. Yes. You know, we, they, children beam when they receive love. And even by the act of me saying, you are a blessing, my heart posture changes. It, can't, it brings me out of annoyance into truth and peace and love. And he responds well to that. Amazing. Yeah.
That is amazing. Can you um, speak to our viewers, yes. Sia? And can you um, pray or yes. proclaim and yep. pray as many declarations I that come to your mind yes. over all of our viewers? Yes. Please do. You are God's very good idea. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are pleasing to your heavenly Father. You are made in the image of God. You are an overcomer. You're clothed in your full spiritual armor. You are adopted into God's family. You are beautiful and healthy. You are hidden under the shadow of God's wings. You are mighty in Christ and you are fully equipped for every good work. And you are the hope that the world is looking for. So I bless you to know your full identity in Christ. I bless you to let go of all the old thoughts and negative beliefs that have held you back. And I bless you to receive with humility God's word, which has the power to save you and set you free. And may it be a joyful journey as you shed off those old layers and become more and more free and full and alive from the inside out. And I pray that as you receive these truths about who God says you are, you will find them pouring out of your mouth and your eyes and every pore to those who are around you, to your children, to your friends, to your colleagues, and that you will see other people set free and generations to come walking in true identity in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Thea, thank you. Thank you. I'm going to ask you to pray one more prayer. Yes. For any of our viewers, mm. Thea, who are currently battling mm. with eating disorders, uh, the Lord uh, empowered you to mm. break through, mm. whether you could just pray for them yeah. at this time. Yeah anyone watching who is struggling with eating disorders or any form of addiction, I encourage you now that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So as I've shared my story of what he's done in my life, I prophesy that he can and will do the same in your life starting today. Father, thank you that you set us free. By your stripes we are healed. And I declare freedom, freedom, freedom to every captive, everyone, anyone who is listening today and feels in that dungeon of shame and addiction. I declare freedom in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Thea, for telling us a bit about your own uh, journey of faith. I, I love your creativity. Um, great resources that Thank you've you. produced and are producing. And and I know it will help many of us uh, in our own journey of faith. Thea, thank you for joining us. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to be here. You're a tonic. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wasn't that inspiring? So good uh, to be in conversation with Thea Muir. Um, I found it heartwarming. I hope you found it heartwarming too. And I hope it's inspired you. And believing that the proclamations that Thea proclaimed and the prayers that she just prayed, uh, you will experience um, the full potency of them in these coming days. Thank you so much for joining us for Facing the Canon. Please join us again. You've been listening to the J. John Podcast. 
To find out more about J. John's ministry, visit www.canonjjohn.com and follow him on social media.